and I am glad we started with kindness. Mm-hmm. Is love and kindness the same thing in your books? It's part of it, for sure. Okay. Um, Because I think there are just a lot of things that we bring as human beings that are not perfect. Mm-hmm. And we all bring our histories with each other. And when we enter a marriage, um, I think we don't recognize at first how much kindness will be required to deal through some of the more difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And maybe not even kindness just to the spouse, but it may, be, it may transcend your direct spouse and it may go into the extended family. Do you have a sister friend who you can talk to about your imperfections, vulnerabilities, uncensored truths, journeys, and victories? Welcome to The Lounge. Our experiences coupled with scriptural truths continues to mold us and shift our paradigms. The vision is to help us all lead the best lives God proposed for each individual. We hope our stories, our conversations, and that of others allows you to view life from another lens, regardless of your season. Come Come on in, in, sisters. Let's talk. Seriously, when we are young, I don't think we... Well, it's not even young. When we, we... come into marriage I don't think most of the time we we truly recognize that like we take that as it's a big thing because and and I think somebody uh, mentioned in one of our other episodes that is something we need to to talk about even when we dated um even before we say I do like understand that person's family understand what is important to that person in their family and see can I am I able to accommodate that am I able to let that person be who yes they come in to start a a new life with you but am I able to to accommodate who they have been to their family because they can't just switch and drop everything and be with you or start something new with you it it might it takes work welcome 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 listeners to another week on sisters let's talk podcast we are so excited for this episode today i am your host um for me i wanted to say my my name is lucia weird so i am fumi and she's lucia (laughs) i don't think i can me though (laughs) I am Fumi and this and Lucia and today we ha- we're super excited to have Angela on the phone. Do you go by Angela or Angie? For my friends, I go by Angie. So that okay. means you can call me Angie. <laughs> well, okay. that's all. We feel special. <laughs> so yes, uh, we have Angie on the podcast today. Welcome, Angie. Well, thank you very much, Lucia and Fumi. I'm super excited to be here. And since you said this was a casual setting, so 
I thought the, it would be appropriate to have you call me Angie. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> well, Angie, let's start this conversation. So since we're friends, tell us a little bit about Angie. Who is Angie? Wow. <laughs> That's a loaded question. I know. <laughs> no, but yes. we, we just, I, I just, no, that's a, that's a great question. What makes go, Angie smile? Yeah, I would say for me, it's being able to bring kindness into every place I go. So if you ask me who I am, I try to be a spreader of kindness. I try to be um, good to every human being I encounter. Um, I know from experience, everybody's battling something that you oh, know yeah. nothing about. And mm -hmm. so saying good morning, hi, how's your day going, picking up something that someone dropped, um, just being human, I would say, is what it is, who I am. That is beautiful. That I, I, I just that's wish we could, right that, that's it. That's a life resting right there. I wish we could put it on a, on a billboard and just say, I think we see it and we take it as a cliche, like just be kind, like just say good morning and actually mean good morning. It is. Like I used to work at a school and then people would just come in and do you know, like, no, just say good morning. Like it, right. it changes the whole conversation. It changes everything. Like, and I think more so being mm -hmm. intentional. So it's not just the canned good morning, yeah. but if you sense that something is not going well, maybe even following up with, you didn't sound very convinced or is mm -hmm. something going on. Um, you'll be surprised at how much people actually open up even at the cash register or yeah. um, if you're ordering food on the mm -hmm. drive-through. Um, yep. So just making sure you look at the person and and sense whether they're I'm good is is a canned I'm good or if maybe there is something else. Yes, definitely. I I I I can't agree with you more. That is, it is like just just start off with being kind. Some days it actually makes your day your day better, even if you're having a bad day. It does make your day better when you intentionally try to be nice to somebody else. Sure. Just and I think there's something also super key on that, which is mm -hmm. I will not stop being kind because someone else may be uncomfortable with my kindness that is on their end because um, I don't want to be um, demotivated from being kind and being who I am. That is that is beautiful. <laughs> yes, be true to yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is beautiful. There are just a lot of things that we bring as human beings that are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And we all bring our histories with each other. And when we enter a marriage, um, I think we don't recognize at first how much kindness will be required to deal through some of the more difficult situations. Mm -hmm. And maybe not even kindness just to the spouse, but it may, be, it may transcend your direct spouse, and it may go into the extended family. So it's humbling. And I don't know that we go into it um, thinking about that. But I would say over the years, for me, love is demonstrated versus spoken. Mm. And so it is one of those things where 
you can tell me I love you, but if you don't show me with your actions, which kindness is one of them, then I'm not sure that you love me. So for me, absolutely. I think kindness and love are hand in hand. So if I may ask a question, um, this is not directly to you, but then why, since in marriage, if we're talking about marriage or a relationship, why bring in the extended family? Like what, what's the importance of them in a marriage where you have two people? Sure. So I think for me, the importance is when you marry someone, you marry their family. And there is, there are dynamics Mm -hmm. that maybe at first are not well understood. And you just don't marry your, your spouse and have them forget their family and same for, you know, for me. So I think it's something that we bring into the marriage and it may be easy to navigate or difficult to navigate. But I think the importance is you're marrying into two families that are coming together. And I, I, seriously, when we are young, I don't think we, well, it, it's not even young. When we, we come into marriage, I don't think most of the time we, we truly recognize that. Like we take that as it's a big thing because, and, and I think somebody uh, mentioned in one of our other episodes, that is something we need to to talk about even when we dated um even before we say i do like understand that person's family understand what is important to that person in their family and see can i am i able to accommodate that am i able to let that person be who yes they come in to start a, a new life with you but am i able to to accommodate who they have been to their family because they can't just switch and drop everything and be with you or start something new with you it it might it takes work yes I would say that that is very true and I think one of the things that I've learned throughout my life is there is no rush Uh and so it's super important to get to know the dynamics of the family Um, even whoever you're considering as a spouse for exactly the reason that you pointed out for me is understand their dynamics, their values, their celebrations, Mm -hmm. their, their bond, even. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the things that could be a struggle is when you get married and you think I come first as, as the spouse, or I am, you know, once you marry, you leave your um, blood family, which is, Mm -hmm. I think what biblically it says, and then you form a family with your spouse, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that doesn't always work out that way. Mm. And so you may be forming a family um, where some of those beliefs are challenged greatly. In, in, I know you've had two sides of the coin um, with your experience. Is there in retrospect, is there a, a way to, to, to make that a thing? Ask it as, yes, you know, you know what it should be, right? You're supposed to leave your, like the Bible said, leave your mother and father and cling to your spouse. But at the same time, you know, it is not automatic. Mm-hmm. How do you, 
how do you blend those? How do you make it work? Or how could you make it work? Sure. So I think for me, there is first um, the getting to know um, your potential spouse. And as I said, the family dynamics. I think in hindsight, I would have asked questions such as, what do you feel your responsibility is with your parents, with your siblings? So I can understand and go into something um, with a full understanding of what that dynamic and what those values are versus uncovering them um, later into the marriage, because then it's a shift. And so I think that that's um, difficult. And I think it's perfectly fine to say, do you feel you have an obligation to your parents and to your siblings or anybody else going into it? If the answer is yes, then I would have a choice to say, okay, I understand. And how do, how would we plan on on, um, managing that? And what Uh exactly does it mean? Um, So I think there is, there is opportunity to blend those things. Yeah. But I think it's, it comes from an honest conversation and an understanding. I love that. I love that. And I, I, and listeners, I hope like we know it's not too late to even start those conversations. Some of the things that we've unraveled, being able to talk about them now. Um, so, Angie, what, what was your experience that, um, that I know you've, you've kind of hinted that you had some struggle in some of these areas, right? What was, what was your experience like being married? Um, specifically related to extended family or in general? It, extended family in general, like I'm looking at you like you have both sides of the coin. <laughs> yes, right? yes. Um, so, and again, it's up to what you're comfortable sure, sharing. Sure, sure. Um, um, what is your experience being um, in a relationship and some, maybe some of the things that you think like, oh my gosh, if I, if I could, if I could do this all over again, this is what I'll do. Okay. Yeah. I have some thoughts on that. Um, I think the, the first thing, and I have to back up into the idea of getting married. Uh Um, I, I know I was very much in love with my ex-spouse. Um, so there, there you have it. I am Uh not married anymore. Um, and at the time I was very much in love and I felt that I had to follow a traditional path, which is that, that we see growing up as girls or women, you go to college, you graduate, you get a job, you have a spouse, you have children, and you really don't understand that there is maybe an alternative. You just see, or think this is what we've seen in our family. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh-huh. Um, I also had the idea that since my mom married when she was 21, that if I married later, I would be more mature. And so I ended up getting married um, at about 26. In hindsight, I don't think I was mature enough because there were so many things to understand. And part of it was giving it more time to get to know my spouse. Um, We had a, a relationship right out of college and for one of the for one of the two years before we got married, um, we spent a lot of time together. The other year, we were long distance, mm. and so that it was good for conversation, but the communication back then was very um, limited, just mm-hmm. based on circumstances. And again, in hindsight, I wish I would have waited longer 
um, because I, again, I felt I had to follow this traditional path. Um, but I did feel in love and I felt that the person I married had um, was a good match for me. And, and for a long time, it was. Um, I think one of the things that I still try to figure out, and, and this is the part where honesty comes in. Yeah. The scariest day of my life was the day I got married. It was not necessarily, I wouldn't say the happiest. It was the scariest. Why? Well, the reason why I say that is Mm -hmm. for me, um, not only did I felt I was going to faint, I felt I was jumping into a black hole Mm -hmm. that I knew nothing about and it needed to last forever. Wow. So for me, it was not that I didn't have confidence in who we were. It was Mm -hmm. from now on, the unknown begins. Yes. I know nothing. And yet I am committing for life. And so knowing who I am (laughs) and knowing that sometimes I get to a point where if I don't feel that there is fulfillment, um, maybe mentally, emotionally, um, and spiritually, I hit a stop. Mm. And so thinking that, Hey, I know myself, but this means I don't get to stop. This means I get to go. Mm. So it was, I think, introspective at that time, but I didn't understand it didn't understand it. And yeah. in hindsight, I wish I would have said, I don't know that I'm ready. I think we need to date a little bit longer, but then yeah. you feel like there is no, there's no turning back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as being married, um, first year was super difficult. I think we were both, um, you know, trying to come together and had our own customs and our own upbringing. And so trying to combine theirs, those even down to how you cut an onion, um, was a was a reason for for some um, headbutting. Yep, uh, I can relate to the onion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely true. It's like here is how my mom taught me. Well, this is how my mom taught me. Mm-hmm. So who's gonna win? <laughs> and and nobody needs to win, but it becomes a conversation. Um, so I think that the first year was, um, I recall of, of great adjustment in such adjustments that for, from time to time, I wondered, were we going to make it? Cause there was just a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, you add to that, that we were both new to the U S and so there is also the ad- added pressure of adjusting to a new culture, uh-huh. a new language, a new job, um, a lot of stress. So I think it was, a. Uh, um, a hard combination. Uh Um, In general, I would say, I think our marriage was friendly. I think we always, we were always friends and that was a good basis for, for the marriage. Yeah. However, I would say over time, I think one of the things I learned, and this is something I've been studying more now that I'm not married is the, maybe the, I don't know if the word is unfairness, but when we marry for potential versus Mm. for who someone truly is, Mm. um, I don't think I married thinking I want to change him, but I think I married thinking he is as driven as I am because I see him being driven on Uh a few examples. Um, Uh He and I will conquer things together and he is uh, a good match for my energy and my drive. Uh Um, and I saw that in a few examples. 
I think over time, I don't know if it was something that was really natural for him. Uh. He had that drive because he had met me and he knew what my um, personality and, and drive was. And so was he matching mine to see a connection but in reality, was it there truly or naturally? And I would say, I don't know. Um, I think that was one of the reasons. So the extended family, maybe one. And as I'm talking about um, what we see as potential, because it also puts a burden on the person because we think they're going to act that out. Huh. Um, so had I waited longer, could I have uncovered certain things that were different and were fundamental. Um, I'll give you a, a clear example. I am um, extremely driven. I'm always looking to progress at work. I'm always thinking if I want something, I have to go get it and do it for myself. Yeah. Um, if I want the bigger house, I better get the bigger job. Um, so, you know, I'm not expecting anything, but I mm -hmm. thought my spouse had that same drive. Mm. And I think I ended up finding myself um, rowing the boat a little bit harder and starting to get tired yeah. and rowing and rowing and feeling like, okay, what happened with who I thought you were? Um, so I think, you know, again, meditating back on some of those things, um, understanding truly who a person is um, or what really motivates them or not motivates them. That That is this very interesting. And just talking, um, I think we lost Lucia, but she'll come back. Um, but just talking about that topic and just listening to you, um, and this is me just being curious, um, looking back, it, do you think, because I, it, it keeps coming up every time um, in these discussions that we've having in this series, communication and expectation. Are the factors that you think played in in the in the life of the marriage or in the in the ending of it? Like, was your communication good? How how did that go? Or was did you have more expectation than you think that you you actually saw? I know you talked about the potential part of it, but. So I would say at first, I didn't think it when it, it was an expectation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what was hard yeah. is I didn't think it was potential. I thought that was the driver. Mm. And so for me, um, it was important to have someone that was driven. And so when I saw drive, I thought it was factual yeah. and maybe it was at the moment. So I was not necessarily thinking potential. I was thinking, mm -hmm. this is, this is it. This is it. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we have matching energies uh -huh. and I will have someone that is navigating at uh, the same pace and with some of the same goals that we, we would have together. Um, so I think that that was one. Um, okay. As far as communication, absolutely. I think it is very difficult to have a successful marriage without one open communication and openness because i uh, think there is there is a couple of differences there yeah. um there are things that one spouse may want to talk about uh -huh. 
that the other may not be open to. Yeah. Or maybe it's a hard topic and they just don't know how to address it. And so yeah. that's where the extended family comes, um, where one person is making themselves vulnerable and saying, here is how I'm feeling. Here yeah. is what's going on. But the other person is really not. I don't know what the word would be. Um, it's I would say the other person is conflicted. Mm. And instead of opening up, they maybe don't really have an open conversation. conversation. And I think that that starts becoming a snowball. Yeah, yep, definitely. So communication is key. And I would say being able to talk about anything without taking huge offense. Yes. I think that that's, the, that's a really, really hard thing because it can feel like an attack. Yes. But if you think about how much... Um, courage it takes for someone to bring something up that uh-huh. they may have been thinking about for months yeah. and weeks uh-huh. um, and then um, feeling that the other person is not receptive breaks down the communication yeah that that is that is essential it is essential so life been married right how do you come to the point that you say, I'm done? Or we can't do it anymore? What brings you to that point? So if I was to be perfectly honest, and I've said this to others before, mm-hmm. I think for me, it was a decision of, if I stay in with in this marriage, I was thinking I'd rather not be alive. Uh, and so I almost took it as a life or death decision um, for other factors. It was not just the marriage factor, but we also had some um, just family dynamics that were really, really taxing. Uh-huh. And being in the middle of all of it, plus holding a full-time job, plus having two children, um, whose emotional, I would say, well-being was very attached to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I found myself in the middle mediating a lot and that was, it became too much for me to handle. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when I got to the point of um, feeling I'd rather maybe just go and um, I I should say, I think this is a sometimes a taboo um, topic, but I also... Um, struggle with depression and anxiety. So when you compound all of those things, mm-hmm. my thought was, I have a responsibility to my children. And what I can carry today is myself and my children. I don't have the bandwidth, the energy, the capacity to carry more than the weight I'm carrying right now. Um, and I'll add, I was also the breadwinner. So there was just so much a on lot. my shoulders, oh, wow. a lot, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it was. It became, there is so much to carry. And then I also had to try and figure out my ex-husband's emotional well-being and what his struggles were. Um, and so I think I, I would say for the first time, I thought if I don't survive, then 
it doesn't matter. You know, put your, what is it in the airplane? They say, put your mask on first. The mask on first. first. Mm -hmm. And so many of us didn't understand that until you realize if you don't take care of yourself, you can't do anything for others. Mm -hmm. um, so the point of no return was feeling completely depleted. Um, and then I think there is also the um, trust. And for me, the trust was not necessarily um, infidelity. It was more, I trusted that we would do this together in somewhat of a equal weight. I was not uh -huh. necessarily saying equal money, but that we would carry the weight together. And I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. Uh -huh. And so how can I trust when for years and years I've expressed I'm tired, this is too much for me. Um, and I didn't see necessarily what I thought was an adequate response. And maybe that's another reason, right? The expectations. Yeah, the expectations. Um, hey, could you go get a different job and make more money? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and maybe no action is an answer, right? No yeah. answer is an answer. Nope. Um, so it fairly or not became something where I would say, don't let me find out that I can do it alone. Because if I find out, I will do it alone make sure that you're indispensable for this family indispensable yeah. that that is a, a big point i think we talked about it in one of our episodes that it's everybody trust. yes we we all have to feel like we were needed and i need and valued so if you had felt that your value, do you think you would still be able to, that load, that load would be lighter? So I think the value comes in, in what's significant for each person. Uh -huh. um, maybe for me, feeling valued with someone bringing me flowers doesn't do it. But if I know that you're trying to go find a different job and you're really trying, I feel heard. Um, so it's whatever is is important to me. Um, even with the extended family situation, uh -huh. for the last 10 years that I expressed some concerns that were affecting my mental health, at the end, I didn't feel heard. And it was very, very hard because I was saying, this is about my mental health. Yeah. And I don't feel that you care. Uh -huh. And therefore, you don't value me enough to prioritize my mental health and yep. so again value comes from what you feel is important to each of you yeah and i think that is that is the point we, we were we were making like the you as yourself need to know what you want and that other person needs to know this is what my spouse wants so how can i miss meet that need how can i help that need how i can i um make that need valuable i think it is very important in any relationship even the ones with our kids even the ones with co-workers or anybody we we need to to get to that point where we we care about what that person cares about and not just about us Right. And I think a part of the value is also not feeling invalidated. Um, one of the things that was hard for me to learn at the end, and we were married for 18 years together for 20, 
um, was that all the times I shared and I was vulnerable about how um, I felt affected. Um, at the end, I heard the words, I didn't really think you were serious or it was that serious. Mm. That was the point I was actually going to bring up because it's one thing to sympathize. It's one thing to empathize. I can say, I, yeah, I hear you and you, you are saying this is what you need. Mm -hmm. And I repeat it back to you. My spouse needs this. This is what she's asking me of. Well, this is what he's asking me of. Mm -hmm. But do I truly, I mean, to an extent, you can't understand completely what that person is going through or what they're trying to say to you. Um, but there has to be a certain level of understanding um, and sometimes that understanding might come with communication, that understanding might come with uh, the language, like I, we just talked about it for me, when you say something and the other person uh, interprets it differently, mm -hmm. right, so it's, it comes back to the co communication, so all these years, you were saying, Angie, how you're feeling and expressing, but did they truly grasp the gravity of it versus yeah. like, you know, oh yeah, it's just something small. And it's, it, it, it happens all the time. And it's sad that, you know, it all, it took this long, right? And, and the question is, how do we get around this? How do we navigate this where, you know, you don't, someone is not in it 18 years and, but well, at this point, you are at your, your brink. How do right. you not get there? I think part of it may be asking the really tough questions. Um, one, one that was also a surprise for me and I think back of how could I have done differently? Um, and it was something that would require action on his part. Uh -huh. So it was more of here is how I feel and here is something that would help me feel better and it was something I didn't have ownership of. It was something he would need to address with his family member. And I know it was hard. And I think for many years I said, I've, I've done as much as I can to put myself aside to accommodate the family member. But at this point, my depression is severely enough that I, I really need to see some action on this. And understanding later on that my ex really didn't know how to navigate that with his family member and that maybe he heard me and what I thought was happening on the other side was never happening. Mm. And so this, you know, how could I have maybe done something differently? I'll know, although this is super scary, maybe I would have said, instead of something that we agreed upon early on was your issues with your family, you address, the mm. issues with my family, I address. Maybe mm. it would have been better to say the issues we have, we address together. Together. My family or your family. Yeah. I think that's, I don't remember who, 
it was somebody that I was listening to a preacher that said we we do it to oh, I think it was the Beveres um in their book the story of marriage um they said you 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 set the stage but we do it together so if it's your family you set the stage but it's both of us going so whatever we're addressing we're doing it together you and agree and you come as one front as one front yeah well and i think that that's key is is it possible to come as one front mm. and i think depending again on the dynamic that mm. that person has with their family member mm -hmm. there may be past and there may be history yeah where mm -hmm. you may come as a front together mm -hmm. but you may be left being the one speaking and then coming out on the on the um bad side of things yeah because yeah. then your spouse is not speaking up but what i meant with that was you mm -hmm. come together to watch mm -hmm. him speak <laughs> <laughs> um i i think also it's it it also has a lot to do with the foundation though I think from the start, it, it has a lot to do with the foundation. So one thing I've 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 heard and, and one thing I've um I've seen being successful not all the time, but it's it's when from that onset family members know that it's it's both of us and not one. So from either side, and it can be difficult because some family are like we're still in control <laughs> so it, it makes it even harder but if that foundation has been made that you are still family but this is us this is our own units coming being part of this one it's it it makes it makes it a little lighter um i'm just thinking about somebody that has to go into into that into a relationship where family the extended family has has a strong hold mm. what would be your advice to them because you've you've lived it what would be your advice like where will you stay start here i again i think asking the right questions and having the difficult conversations whatever from the start it is, mm -hmm. from the start because yeah. then you are going into something willingly and with open eyes. So if someone tells me I have a brother that has a disability and I've decided that whatever my brother is, I will either have to step away for a few weeks, but I am gonna help my brother. I go into this marriage understanding that there is something that is coming with my spouse. Yeah. And that is important. And yes. that it doesn't mean that I am important or not, but I also means I am well aware. And then later on, I think it would be unfair to say, well, you're spending time with your brother because you're helping him. What about our children? Well, I yeah. knew this before I married you. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, asking those difficult conversations and then being around each other's family. Um, enough time to see the dynamic. value me enough to prioritize my mental health and value comes from what you feel is important to each of you.
join us next week as we complete our conversation reminder you have what it takes you just have to say it be a student only you can do what you're created to do visit our website www.sistersletstalk.com that is www.sistersletstalk.com ask a question leave a comment or let us know how you're holding up subscribe to sisters let's talk wherever you listen to podcasts we want you to be the first to know when another episode is ready one tiny favor sis let's invite all the sisters to the lounge